this podcast is particularly good for the youngsters. It's the Going Out Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. Muse, how you doing this week? What what goes on? You know, um, I hate to be such a Debbie Downer right out of the gate, but um, I got some bad news. What's up? The audience is not going to take this well. We've talked about it before, but it seems like the final nail is in the coffin of Woodstock 50. Is that a fact? We're not getting it after all. They had the nerve to tease it. Hey, you know, it wasn't working out, but we're going to fix what needs to be fixed. We're going to get the show back up and running. It was going to be like a little Rascals production. They were going to put all their fucking money together, get all the kids in town to put on a show. And and it just didn't pan out, and they officially canceled the show. News, I'm sitting over here with the fucking Star Trek cartoon face. <laughs> like, is that so? <laughs> okay, look, that could either come from two places. That could either be from a place of complete apathy, or a place of just not surprised. A little bit of column A, yeah. you know, a little, little bit of column, bit of column B. B. <laughs> I wanted to highlight something I saw on uh, Hip Hop DX. I, uh, you know, I sometimes want to highlight, you know, positive things that uh, artists are doing. Damian Marley stands in solidarity with Hawaiian elders to uh, protest 14B telescope project. So uh, according to a press release, uh, Mauna K is, uh, forgive me if I say that wrong, uh, is the tallest mountain in the world from base to peak and holds a sacred place in Hawaii's cultural history. Moreover, uh, Mauna Kea is under threat from a state plan to construct a $1.4 billion telescope at its peak. Although Hawaiian elders and citizens successfully stopped the telescope's production in 2014, they were once again forced to congregate in the road to prevent construction of the TMT project at the beginning of July. Um, despite military and police force the nonviolent protesters have remained resolute in their mission and are joined by thousands around the world, including Damian Marley. And he says, um, ironically, uh, while the people in Hawaii are trying to protect their sacred land from allowing the world's largest telescope to be built on top of uh, Mauna Kea, we in Jamaica are trying to protect uh, our nation's land from the bauxite, uh, sorry for saying that wrong, uh, bauxite mining companies expanding into cockpit country. Uh, so he's kind of like saying like, hey, I see... Your struggle against big business, too. Much like the struggle over the Pinnacle and, more recently, the Cockpit Mountains in Jamaica, uh, Mauna Kea pits indigenous rights against an unbridled and out-of-touch notion of progress. And I thought that was a very fascinating thing he'd said. I, I remember there was, like, a TED Talk uh, I had listened to that was about, like, how uh, we treat we, we hold up the flag of, like, look, we should fund this thing because look at all the progress there is. And then, you know, that flag is real big and huge to hide the amount of, you know, bodies that are being, you know, put in harm's way and cultures that are being torn apart because of it. City council meetings are boring for a reason. <laughs> Politics is boring and confusing for a reason. It's designed that way to keep young people uninterested, to keep them not involved and this is hypocritical for me to say because I'm not involved in my own local city government, you know, but I think more people need to be, especially young people, because when you picture a city council meeting, you picture middle-aged to older, 
uh, yeah, white I think people that's really the issue, right? who just have they have like it's one person who has a fucking binder of information and they speak for like a half hour uninterrupted because no one's there to say anything to counter their points or anything and then they all fucking go home and then nothing gets done because just one person spoke out and the city is like yeah okay anyway in the closing damien uh, urged people to sign a change.org petition uh, to support both uh mauna Kea movement and also the cockpit county movement so you know if you're interested in that uh you know i can leave the uh i can send you the hip-hop dx link and you know we're back on our bullshit. We're back on our uh, Patreon bullshit. But before mm. uh, before we get into that, I feel like we need to address this right at the top. What we're looking at doing, and you might have heard this if you did stick around to the end of last week's show, is that we're going to try to mix up making the whole process easier and more streamlined. Uh, how albums get requested uh, for the podcast as of now and how we've been doing it for quite a number of years now is uh, you head over to either our Patreon pages and you give us money and then we review uh, the album. But the way Patreon works, if you haven't used it already, at any point during the month, you put down an amount of money you want to pledge and then at the end of the month, you get charged uh, that amount. And the way we've been doing the queue for the album reviews is we're just doing it first come, first serve in that way. And in that way, it's not going to change. Um, but what we're looking at doing, possibly, if uh, folks are willing to uh, switch gears along with us like this, is we're hoping to set up a unified uh, Kofi Coffee Ko-Fi dot uh, com website. As of now, we have our own separate ones that you can give to, but we but we're gonna try to set up one for the podcast specifically. And that is where you'll give uh, your donation and your request for the album review. And we'll just be operating that way. Now, that is not to say, because our cues are uh, rather long uh, as of right now, that is not to say that all those requests are going to be ignored and we're just going to go over to the Kofi ones. Obviously, we're going to try to um honor the ones we've already yeah, yeah. like got. actually yeah, the, the we're good gonna thing do about those starting first. it now is that we've still got a lot backed up so that by the time we get to it you know it, it's allowed to have you know time to get people coming through it should be smooth yeah, sailing yeah. by that point studio killers self-titled debut album as of right now only album was requested by cameron barry thank you very much for requesting Studio Killers' debut album, Studio Killers. Uh, I think they released another single a little while ago, so there might be a new album coming out sometime soon? But as of right now, this is most of, if not all, of their catalog, is this uh, is this one album. And I'm familiar with the first track. Uh, I've seen the music video years ago. It made the rounds. It's, it's a very iconic. But up until now, I had not uh, really listened to the rest of the album. And before we get into that, I want to tell a quick story. A podcast I listened to that I mentioned before, uh, My Brother, My Brother, and Me. They start every episode and have for years... Uh, with a song by The Long Winters. I really like that song. It's catchy as fuck. I'm going to listen to the rest of the album. And it's like the only song in the album I like. And I was like, oh, well, that's a bummer. This more or less just makes me want to listen to Ben Queller's 
So I ended up just listening to Ben Queller instead. Uh, I hate to say it, but I kind of got a similar vibe uh, with Studio Killers. Oh, no! I really liked... I really liked, and I still do. It's a fucking classic, yes. undeniable bop, Absolutely. in my opinion. It is pretty untouchable. It's but a fucking bibbity Man, what the fuck else? You, nothing else even comes close, okay. except for maybe Jenny, but that's yeah, it. Right? Oh, n- oh, okay, I thought Jenny was, was also a I bop. like Jenny, yeah. It's not on the you same level. You Eros and Apollo? Uh, mm, no. Y- you know, the, the whole thing... Um. There are bits of it that uh, I wrote here. This is peak uh, 20, 2013. Yeah. Like, it's LaRue, remnants of Coldplay, uh, the whistling phenomenon that was happening, I think, like, right at that time. It was. It was around and that time, yeah. Sia mixed with David Guetta. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you don't dig this, man, but I am just kind of like, I, I dig when I saw the music videos, it just kind of, like, made it pop even more for me. I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. There's a specific character, and she's kind of, like, you know, a little a little trashy, you know? <laughs> but, like, she's a little ratchet, foreign, yeah. But it's just, like, they're just having a really, really bad night. But it's kind of in that endearing sort of, like, you know, oh, that that rascal, you know, they're gonna, they're, they're dealing with the bouncer and how he's, he's not, uh, you know, they're, they're not giving them, you know, letting them through. And it's so, like, I don't know about you, man, the energy and the fucking, like, weirdly poetic, like, shit that just happened. Um, it's futile to debate with St. Peter at the gate made of protein milkshake and low-carb intake. Cause, and, oh, yeah, and it was, uh, cause all in all, you're just uh, another prick at the door. Ah, so dope. I fucking love that shit. That shit hit me so hard. And maybe I just, I wrote on the wave. The energy, the I was feeling the energy. You know, look, some people uh, don't fuck with Ace of Bass after they hear the first, the second single, and they're like, wait a minute, this all kind of sounds the same. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I fuck with it. I fuck with the faux Jamaican sounded, Jamaica uh, uh, by way of Sweden fucking faux as I'm sorry, it hits a weird 90s nostalgia spot for me, you know, where it's just like weird shit just happened like that, you know, like it, it like it didn't feel like appropriation. It just felt like, yeah, the 90s is doing a lot of weird things right now. What the fuck? Like fucking, uh, um, what is it? Uh, Ska is back. Like, what the fuck is going on? Is Ska back? Remember in the 90s? You know, 96? Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, in the 90s. Okay. I thought you were talking about, again, like fourth wave Ska. Where's that? Uh, uh, I mean, not not that I've heard, oh. you know. Oh. Yeah, but I totally agree. I it's like I said, it's it's pretty much untouchable, undeniable bop. Uh, but nowhere on this album does the energy match or even come close, or the wittiness in the lyrics. It doesn't it doesn't capture so, the same heights. The as you said last week, the Olympian heights. <laughs> of O of uh, O to the bouncer, it's like that is the best you're gonna get. When when they said soon he will eat your hearts like cereal, that you weren't feeling that. I thought that was so whack. That line specifically, <laughs> I love you highlighted that because I hated that. Oh, <laughs> um, I think that's just what it is. I because the line, because like, the line was like, um, it, like it's getting serious or whatever, and then rhymes yeah. serious with serious, and I was just like. <laughs> 
It was just like, you know, there was part of me, I think it was just like, it's that camp element, you know, it was just like, the gall of you to do that. (laughs) You know? You dared to go there. Yeah, exactly. And then it's just like, sweet Lolita. And just like the random interjection of like Spanish words. There's this weird confunction of like what this voice is. And it's kind of like, it kind of reminds me of like that 2D energy. And I think I think I just like the, uh, uh, 2D. You, I, I, that's exactly what it is. 2D mixed with Noodle Bro, because oh, yeah. one of my favorite joints was Dare, and that Dare song is a dope track, had, yeah. had the mix of uh, 2D and Noodle's voice, and also a weird guy who's going, "It's there." So honestly, that that song it it manifested into its own. Uh, uh, little spin-off universe is this character uh who, who's on this album right you know you've got the the the, the youthful uh voice to it but also that trashy weird is this person uh, ever not drunk sort of like thing yeah. to it. But you're kind of like but they're a scamp so you're rooting for them you know like I'm just in the end when they say like uh in the third verse where he goes like ah bouncer but you didn't uh think you didn't think about the uh, uh the the ladies bathroom uh with the window open this cat's got another plan you know like the way he says it like that I was just like oh shit <laughs> you know again though it always comes back to oh to the bouncer yeah I know oh, it's it such a fun- has have you seen the it? video have you seen the video though of course I did <laughs> in the other video for Jenny it was like. Oh, did you see the video for Jenny? No, I didn't know there was one. It was just like, you'd hear a lyric that was like, I really feel for you. And you're like, oh, yeah. And it's like, I stole something from you. Not a significant thing that you would miss, but it means so much to me. And it's just like, I, I don't know if I approve of that behavior, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But then, you know, again, there's a lyric was like, forget those amigos. <laughs> and again, it's just like another random Spanish word. Like, it reminds me of like animes where it's like, it's in Japanese. And then it's like, just randomly English in there. It's like, oh, where, where'd that word come from? You know? Um, uh, but uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, in the video, uh, the music video, I fucking loved it because there was this moment where I'm professing my love to you even though I've been a friend of yours for so long. And the song is kind of, but in the video, it's kind of like, oh, you know, the you see the scamp character, you know, the Chaplintonian-ness of it or whatever. You know what I'm trying to say? And there's the part where you see, like, the boyfriend's, like, a jerk and all that sort of stuff. And you see that scene where he, yeah, she holds out her hand. It's like, Jenny, will you take my hand? Will you come with me? And, you know, that part near the, uh, the, the last third of the song where it, like, really stretches out? Like, dude, in that part of the video where she's, like, finally professing her love and stuff, it's just, like, I was actually, like, my eyes are kind of glued to the screen. Because I was just, like, well, she's been kind of weird, but I don't know. She's kind of, like... What's going on here? Because, you know, you're seeing this and you're seeing that. And then it's like, I, I wrote down the, the prolonged waiting in the video. It's the first time in a long time where my eyes were just trying to, were honestly trying to figure out what she was going to do. Like, what her decision was going to be. So I'm like, I ask, I actually would urge you guys to watch the video because it's actually pretty fucking cool. Overall, my favorite tracks on the album are um, uh, Ode to the Bouncer, obviously, because of that saying, uh, Jenny. And... The in third place would be uh, Friday Night Gurus. Yes, Friday Night Gurus. You're the Obi Wan Kenobi's with the force of audio. Ah, I'm sorry. I love the cheese, man. I love the cheese on this album. 
I liked I liked the cheese. I wish it was more apparent though, because I think my problem mm. with most of the tracks uh, is that they're just kind of forgettable. Like you know, um, some, sometimes I feel like certain drops do get a little generic, where it dips too much into that David Guetta forgettable just noise sort of stuff going on. You're right. You're right. I, I will concede to that. Like the fucking beats on uh, "Ode to the Bouncer" and "All Men Are Pigs" are are great. Very similar in energy and everything, but then the lyrics in All Men Are Pigs aren't to the aren't at the same level. I think overall my my issue is that some of the tracks are just just kind of there, like Funky at Heart specifically. That's yeah. such a dull. Like the beat isn't even really interesting. Like it's that's Funky a, at Heart, and it's that's not such even a funky title. Yeah, that's such a Britney Spears level sort of like ooh I'm doing a cover of didn't you do a cover of like I love rock and roll or some shit where it's just like get out of here oh uh, yeah I think for like the Crossroads movie yeah oh okay so this is this is the absolute low point of the album in Tokyo yes oh my god no the moment you realize that dumb fucking voice is the verse yeah and you're just like Oh no! Oh, that's it. <laughs> the whole song oh. is. Oh, it, it had the strength of a man, but the sensual touch of a woman, with its entire processing power. Oh, my favorite part. Hardest to give pleasure beyond human measure. <laughs> it's like, th- I hope this sexy voice isn't speaking in this voice. Like, <laughs> it's fucking like, Yakov Shmirnov. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, is this the only setting, you guys? We can't get a can't get a Naomi Watts or anything like that in Tokyo. <laughs> uh, oh, ooh, ooh. I made out with the robot. It felt gentle but robust. Oh, the most awkward fucking lyric. The most awkward fucking lyric. The most obvious. This doesn't work. Erase it and write something else lyric. <laughs> and it repeats. Ooh. What were your thoughts on the rest of the album? Because I really don't have any. Um, I actually liked When We Were Lovers. Uh, I thought that was a dope-ass throwback 90s house hit. I could imagine. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking back. Like, this is kind of like the uh, breakout. Your Dr. Seuss hats. You know, like, that's what this... That's what this song felt like, but in a way that I would just be like, you know what? I might pop by if it don't cost too much. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, so I actually was feeling that mood. One uh, striped Dr. Seuss top hat, please. <laughs> um, but then How much is the got, molly here? But then you get the true colors. Man, you can't tell. Did you not feel the iceberg synths crashing into each other with every bass hit? The epic... 80s chill synth wave fucking show me your true color the fucking uh uh what is what's her name um cindy lopper level fucking uh actually <laughs> I, I, I see song of the, the same name but true colors yeah <laughs> i wasn't too impressed by that track myself oh you weren't feeling that Not one really yeah no i thought that one was really fun i felt like it, it felt like in the in uh in 20 years you know the I'm Life Presents, the sound of 2013, you know? We could fucking get that album now. If fucking VH1 (laughs) was willing to do 
uh, we love the 2000s in the 2000s. Oh my god, like they did last... Nah, we got... No, don't even fucking... Don't put that juju... You know they're that desperate. You know they're that desperate. What the fuck is VH1 even doing now? I haven't had cable in years. I have no idea what the programming even looks like. I wouldn't be surprised if they're just going back to that well immediately. What overall rating did you give this album, by the way? Um, I gave it a four. I I got a two. You know, like, I, I I see your points, like, when I think about some of the, um... The production being a little lackluster at certain points, you know what I mean? When when there's like eleven tracks and only like two or three are memorable, that's that that that's just kind of what I got out of it. But more importantly, more more pressing uh, topics and subjects, if I dare say, I don't think we've ever done this before, splitting up album reviews. But I think it's important to note: Oscar Meyer hot dog ice cream, Darren. <laughs> Pardon me? Oscar Mayer hot dog ice cream sandwich. Darren. Did I said. Don't make me repeat it again. Oscar Mayer hot dog ice cream. Can I just, can can, can I get in a tiny, a tiny... Ice cream sandwich sized soapbox. What's what's happening? Uh, you know what? Th- thank you. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I will tell you. Oh no, I, I fell right will... into the pitch. <laughs> you fell in the tiger trap. You're on the bamboo spikes. You saw those giant leaves on the ground and you thought nothing of them. You thought, oh, this is a red carpet. Red carpet to ice cream, hot dog ice cream town. I'll probably kick it aside just because, you know, I'm having a good day and I just feel like, <laughs> you know, when you're having a good day, you're just like, oh, I just want to expend some of my energy and just kicking some stuff around, you know. You jumped up in the air and did a fucking double stomp. You did the fucking Mario ground pound right into the Oscar Mayer hot dog ice cream trap. Oh man, this is so weird. That sentence Look, man, I'm sick of this. Look at him walking around, grabbing his you-know-what, flipping the you-know-who. But this this shit ain't cute. I'm sick of seeing these companies wheel out what they know is gross. Hot, Tell me you haven't seen this shit. Hot dog flavored... What? It's the chocolate starfish and the hot uh, yeah, dog flavored like, ice cream. Wait, what? what exactly the fuck is happening? Where you could get it your way. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's just as good. Um, but what's it called? So, what's that? Ice. Oh, uh, the Oscar Mayer hot dog ice cream sandwich. This just reminds me of, and if you're hearing about this for the first time, I'm so sorry. Hellman's came out with Cadbury cream egg mayonnaise. Ew. Is this, like, for Instagram or some shit? What the fuck is this? Well, mm, you know what? You're so close. You're so close. This is meme culture. This is Ah. irony culture. Run amok. Isn't it crazy that we went this far? Remember rapping Duke? Da-ha, da-ha. Now we're eating hot dog flavored ice cream. You never thought Oscar Mayer would take it this far. You were asking if science could, and you didn't stop to think if you should. This is what you get. And the people sitting in their car doing the fucking reviews of foods, 
this is basically you know how that you know how you can tell that they're developing video games now with streamers in mind right how it's like this is a game that is going to stream well this ticks all the boxes of what people like to watch more more than what's important as what people like to play they're thinking about the entertainment value for viewers mm. this is shit they know is gross they're making no bones about it they know it's disgusting but they also know that people will buy it out of morbid curiosity to see how gross it really is and look at your twitter today not maybe not today because it'll be days after we recorded this yeah. and no one will be talking about it by then but while we're recording it right now it's all over twitter Everyone is disgusted, posting their disgusted gifs, and that's what they want, man. Yeah, and the whole point isn't to be like, oh, didn't we make something that's incredible? Aren't you enjoying it? It's to be like, remember the name Oscar Mayer, right? Remember the name Oscar Mayer? This was a little, this was a social experiment. It was a prank. Exactly. We're only going to be making it for a limited time. We're not going to lose a lot of money on this. It's cheap as fuck to make. Any money we make back on this is probably going to be profit anyway. You know, the weird thing about it is that, like, that's the same way it it, it kind of felt about the McDonald's thing with the, the Szechuan sauce. And they're like, oh, oh we yeah. only got so much. Whoopsie. Like, what? Oh, yeah. You really couldn't? Huh? Like... And then they under they underestimated the edge lords that would take it too serious. But the, yeah, exactly. But the thing is, like, they did it on purpose to create scarcity. It's like if you didn't tell me you couldn't get some whatever the fuck it was, ketchup and soy sauce or whatever the fuck it was, and, and, and mix you know the cook's urine or whatever the fuck it was that made that <laughs> makes it special. You know what I'm saying? Like you mean to tell me you couldn't have fucking done that? Whip, whipped up a couple of batches more. Uh, oh, uh, not enough. Uh, fucking I don't know. Children's Tears from Cambodia or some shit. <laughs> you know the fucking meme, the in-joke, that you go to McDonald's, the Cambodian child tears machine is always broken. Dude! They're saving it for themselves. Ain't it the truth, though. Yeah. Um, quality control. Jurassic 5. So. Darren. Yeah. Your Patreon request. Vernon Parks, thank you very much. For your uh, contribution. Wow, look, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, don't I don't even know if it's indicative of your review, uh, but I've you're never not, you're heard not you... Too, you're not feeling too grateful? I've oh. never heard you sound more sarcastic in your <laughs> whole... <laughs> Thanks! Dude, oh. we're, we're states away. I heard your eyes roll. <laughs> I'm talking to you over a phone right now and I was still able to hear your fucking eyeballs oh, roll around shit. in your fucking skull. Oh shit, you can hear my despondency. <laughs> See, now here's the thing, right? Because I feel like we fall into this uh it's not a trap, into this routine a good bit. I'm going to ask you <laughs> I'm going to throw it over to you first. Um mm. what your overall feelings of quality control, quality Quality, quality, mm. quality, quality the, control. I, yeah. By Jurassic the, 5. In a league with uh, Migos and them boys, you know. Ooh, boy, are they throwing it back to the old school. Because they're old fools. 
who <laughs> are so not cool. so cool. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Look, uh, uh, spoiler alert here. Um, our opinions are not too drastically different on this, but I, <laughs> but I do venture to say that they're probably a little different because I, I was, I thought this album was serviceable. You know, actually, I'm not gonna lie that as the later on in the album, I'm remembering now. Um, yeah, as I'm looking down, like there are tracks where it's just like, "Hey, these songs are getting better." So later yeah, in I the do album, actually, huh? Later in the album, yeah, way, way later because mm. Um, mm. uh, let me see, contribution. I uh, thought that okay. was a fun little track. The game where it was like basketball, <laughs> but like in raps. I thought that was a fun like. They okay, got a theme going on. Exactly. When mm. they're doing something creative, it's kind of like, oh shit, look out, you know? I My three favorite tracks were the first three. Influence, Great Expectations, and Quality Control uh, are the tracks I gave the highest ratings to. I didn't dig the earlier ones. Really? I thought it started out really strong. Your boy, Charlie Tuna, was the fucking method man, the fucking highlight, the fucking Lauren Hill of the album. I want to say that much. Uh, so, I know, I know exactly what you mean, yeah. So whenever he fucking came in, yes, it was like, hey, wait a minute, is this a good album? And then you hear the other guys, and you're like, hmm, it's interesting. There's quality control is there. That would say uh, everyone's on the exact the exact same level. Okay, no, I mean you know it, that's not what it's, it is. Just kind of like, uh, but the thing is, like, they're not all whack all the time. It's just like Charlie Tuna is like dope, like the most consistent. Um, where he said like his wordplay is it's like it's like you God but mixed with you know Inspector Deck. That's that's honestly how I'd put it. Yeah, you God's voice mixed with Inspector Deck's lyricism. You know what I mean? Hmm. Uh, where he says, the uh, yo, and for you confused bastards, the uh, tune of the blues blaster, quick to grab the mic, cruise fast and sound clashing, critical mass, pinnacle blast have been deflected, hypodermic vocals, I flash, you get infected. I was like, oh, shit. It's fucking hooking you with these one, two fucking lyrics. I'm feeling mm-hmm. it on the influence. And now, of course, like, as the album goes on, it's just like, no, we really, really miss the 90s. It's just kind of like, oh, Oh, oh. So it's just like, it, it doesn't, it ends up feeling like a tribute album, but not in the way that like Missy Elliott made like a tribute album. So Timbaland can make these old school samples pop and, and feel alive in a new way. You know, the DJ, please pick up your phone. You hear the, bah, bah. If it, yeah. if it, if it, if it, you know, it feels like there's new life in these samples when he does it. When these guys do it, it feels like someone like unearthed a beat from a, you know, non-existent kid and play album, and it's like, that's pretty cool for 1992. You know what I mean? On have, a lot of these tracks. Have we reviewed an album on the show that is dripping with old school flavor that we actually, like, liked? The problem is, is that it doesn't feel like pastiche in the Bruno Mars way. It ends up feeling like, this is the way hip-hop is supposed to be. So they just end up kind of just sounding out of touch. When I hear Jurassic 5 get thrown around, I think that might be the perception. I didn't get that from them, though. But I do think that people, when they talk about, like, you know, I I groan even before I say it, the Uh. 
rap versus hip hop argument. Backpackers, KRS One, uh, putting your arms up. That's hip hop, but that's not hip hop. You you can't sing and be hip hop. Get out of here. I'm I'm KRS One again, and I'm gonna throw a guy who's singing off of the stage because that's not hip hop. I'm gonna write a diss track for the songs in the top ten every year and not release it. <laughs> Trust me, guys, I really do it. It's underground that's defined by the fact that it's not mainstream sounding, but in that it kind of like, like in one way it becomes kind of cutesy in the sense of like, like oh man, this it's the mythologizing of hip-hop, right? Like this is what hip-hop sounds like. This is the sort of like you know, this is sort of like, hey, kids, we're going to backspin. This is the Google, um, you know, remember when Google did that, you know, happy birthday to hip hop and, you know, oh, yeah. we're taking you back. This is the album that they would play. Like, kids, you turn your hats backwards like this and you do the stance. And, you know, this is the this is the publicly approved version of hip hop. You know what I mean? So, and and it's still cool because it's like it's not like yeah. they're not lyrical guys, but it, it really feels kind of dated and in a way that feels like that's rooted in the idea of like the older stuff is better and so we have to rely solely on it you know what i mean you see i didn't get the the snobbiness from them the you know this is real hip-hop like i know we heard like jaden smith did that song where he was Mm. talking about like mumble rap or whatever like i didn't really get that feeling from them on this album there was only like one track where they even like mentioned bringing it back, you know? Like, oh, oh yeah, uh, on a qu- quality controller is like you hear the sample. What we're gonna we're gonna uh, take a trip back in time. Are you ready to get in your time machine? Uh, and I'm, and at this point, it's like track five. At this point, I'm like, uh, uh, oh, are we just now going back in time? Is that what's happening? What do you call? <laughs> yeah, that first bit, guys. Um. And and there were like it just felt like so uh la- oh lost uh, I thought it was loused lost and <laughs> loused <laughs> I think it was world of entertainment another one it was just like three tracks in a row where it just felt like it was just like drum beats and choruses about you know uh r- rule number four thousand and eighty record company people are shady because Hollywood is bad and we're oh. in California but look out for Hollywood it's just like yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah, Lost and World of Entertainment. World of Entertainment. Oh, oh, no, 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 you forget. World of Entertainment. Uh, Parentheses. Whoa, is me. Uh, See, it was points like that where it got a bit much. That <laughs> because is... you see, World of Entertainment <sighs> is whoa, World of Whoa. That got my lowest rating on the <laughs> album, uh, World of Entertainment, parentheses, Woe Is Me. Not even on Todrick's album did we get a, as much of a, like, bitter, snarky take right. on the music industry. And that's where you thought you would have heard it, but no. Um, a lot of the songs on here just kind of got average ratings for me because I thought they were just kind of average. Um... Especially the tracks where it didn't really seem like they were talking about anything in particular. Like Monkey 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 Bars. Oh, that got my lowest rating. Because it was just like random fucking, they were just randomly throwing in numbers like, just one, and samples of kids like screaming numbers, five, four. And it's just like, why? Why is this happening? Why is it so prominent? The way they used sound clips was so odd. 
on this album. Like, yeah. you could tell they were trying to do, like, maybe, like, a De La Soul thing. Yeah, they were trying but... to get on their fucking, um, um, you know, uh, Boosh and shit with the weird, like, ooh, silly sample coming at you. You know, what? like, wasn't there one song where it was just, like, it was just, like, a, a xylophone hit, and then it would just be a weird noise. It would just, like, dong, boom, 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 boom. It was just, like... The fuck is going on? Th- that was at the end of Monkey Bars before the. Bup, yes. Bup, bup. They said we're stopping the tape. What? Bup, bup, bup. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with these guys? That fucking made me laugh so hard though, because like I could just tell they were making fun of someone. These fucking. Bup, uh, bup, it's, bup. it's fucking uh, uh bizarre levels. <laughs> <laughs> they <laughs> called me up. They <laughs> said you sound like you stopped the tape. Guys, <laughs> <I said>, ah! <laughs> Yo, you sound like you raise puppies until they're dogs, and then they die, and then you bury them. Like, what the fuck? What? What is this humor? <laughs> Calling me up with another gem. <laughs> I can always count on you. Oh my god. What was the? What was up at the beginning of the game? Yo, shut up! Everybody, shut up! Do you want to play the game? No! <laughs> Do you want to play the game? Yeah! What? <laughs> what it didn't point? get me, but it was no. just like... Because <laughs> at that point, I'm just like, you know, I also don't know whether or not I'm feeling him, so this is actually the perfect, like, signifier right here. Like, <laughs> That's really... Are you feeling this Jurassic 5 album? No! Are you feeling this Jurassic 5 album? I guess, yeah! <laughs> Are you feeling it now, Mr. Krabs? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, um, yeah, um, but like, uh, dress finish first, 12, improvise, just kinda, just rapidy rap, rapping for the sake of rapping. Yeah, was, was Beats that are just one kind word? of okay. Oh, 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 I had forgotten that monkey bars. Yeah, there was a note that I had forgotten. So there's a lyric where someone says, uh, that's what counts without a doubt. So uh, grab the mic and pull the magic out your mouth. We be the, <laughs> we be the rhythm kings plus rhyme channelings. And then you hear the sample in the background. I can snare anything. And then oh, you hear, snare. Go, oh, go ahead. And then on the snare, you hear the sample snare. Oh, and it's God, the that was exact so annoying. Same way snare. 21 times. Snare, 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 snare. And, Oh, and then every now oh. and then it hits you with a kick, kick. <laughs> oh my god, what and the fuck? The one that just made me laugh was when you heard the kick. I <laughs> 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 just like, stop it, I can't take it. This is like Muppets. This is, again, you know, this is the chance. This is, this is on the chance spectrum of, uh, you know, getting get to that little too corny level. You're heading, you're, you're heading to, you're supposed to stay around Muppets, but you're, you're slipping over to the to the Barney territory. You're not at you're not at a uh, Teletubbies yet. You know that that's that's too far. But oh my god, dude, Jurassic finished first though. Mm. I really fucking like that one. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah. And now they they do this thing where they throw back to the twenties and forties. Yeah. And it just feels like overkill because it's like, well, you're already throwing back to nineteen seventy nine. So, like, you know, you're mixing these two genres in a way that's just, like, 
You're taking one serious, but you're not taking the other one serious. It's like Professor Elemental, but it doesn't fully commit. You know what I mean? So I wanted to bring up uh, this song called The Twelve. Uh, I wanted to bring up the, the dichotomy, the whack to good dichotomy. Uh, so, you, you know, you have a, uh, I'm bringing the bad news and changing your bathrooms. If you're thinking that cash rules, oh, pump and nickel, blow words like snot speckles. When shots echo, some duck and hide like Doc Jekyll, like Don Rickles. I'm kicking rhymes that stop heckles. I'm like, ooh, that's your boy Charlie Tuna. Yeah. That's your boy Charlie Tuna. Or as they call him in one song, Tuna Fish, right before he starts rapping. Oh, I love yeah. that fucking moment. I, it, it just kind of sounded like it should have been like like he started rapping. He was like, yeah, I come for... Hey. <laughs> just shut up. Uh, yeah. Like that, that was a fun moment. They do have little moments of that where it's like, we're all rapping together and we're throwing it to this guy. You know, that was cool. But so, you know, that's the good. And then you have... Passion fake MCs, wearing mink MCs, on the brink MCs, you need to think MCs, about to sink MCs, don't even <sighs> speak MCs, cause half the shit you kick in sounding weak, weak MCs. MCs. Oh. Mm. Sit Boo. back and chew on that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's something to ruminate on. Boo. One to grow on. Just like, oh my fucking god. A pinch to grow an inch. Can we just fuck off? And there's just this weird thing of just like, a lot of it is good, but so much of it just pulls it down with the just weirdness. And, uh, and what was at the end of um, The Game? A, a song I like, but then it ends where it's just like, oh, you're trying to... Well, it, it, they're like calling this one guy out because he kept his phone on and forgot to turn off his car. And, but he decides to make up a lie that, like, someone was siphoning his gas. Oh, yeah, like, what the fuck was that about? Yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah, siphon, you, you fucking siphon gas, I'm gonna siphon an ass whooping out of you. And I was like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? And, oh, also, these guys are Christian, by the way, and oh. that's a really big deal on the album. <laughs> it's like fucking Chance. Yeah, it just, oh, oh my, oh my god. Dude, didn't I bring it up a couple minutes ago? Yeah. This is proto-chance, bro. Proto-chance. Dude, except instead of taking it back to the uh, 80s, which is what he was doing, he's uh, taking it back to the 90s, bro. We gotta talk about um, Contribution, now that we're talking about the kind of headier uh, Arrested Development style uh, kind of content there. Contribution, mm. we, we already had the commentary on L.A. and the record industry. This is like the moral. L.A., L.A., the city of dreams. Yeah. Allow me to shatter your illusion of uh, Hollywood. I know by this point, everyone thinks it's all glitz and glamour with roads paved with gold. But I, however, have come with a story that might change your mind on that one. You know it's a little bullshit. Whoa! <laughs> I remember that episode of Penn and Teller's bullshit where they talked about LA for a half hour. Now this one is the commentary on uh, the family, and it takes a weird turn. Oh, what? <laughs> well, you know, I was actually, I was like, huh? So. Do, do you want to lay it out? Do you want to lay it yeah, out? What yeah, yeah, happens? yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, what I got from this track, I'm just going to give you the fucking too long didn't read, is, uh. alright, so you're at home, and you don't got a job, and you're fucking hitting the pipe, so you're not really contributing much to this family. Your wife, on the other hand, though, she's studying, she's going to school, she's got the job, she's holding it down, she's the breadwinner. It's like, okay, so 
at this stage in the song, you're shaming me because I'm doing drugs, I'm not contributing. Got it. What do we move on to next? Okay. Well, now, she's paying the way into the shows, and she's buying most of the things, whatever. Now, this is a direct quote from the song. You start feeling like you're the hoe. What? <laughs> okay. What? What's happening here? I, I, I got it. I, I I still get what you're saying. I see it. <laughs> Continue. Go ahead. What do you got? <laughs> then he leaves her, and the song almost makes it seem like he's in the right for it. <laughs> because, because if the women make too much money, <laughs> then they're not going to respect the men enough. And just, they're suddenly in just, the wrong. What? What? What happened here? We switched gears so fast, boys. What happened? <laughs> I still rated the song favorably despite my, uh, my fucking objections to the lyrical content. Like the dude from Benson Show, what happened? What happened? <laughs> so Jesus I, Christ! It, it wasn't even that. That wasn't even the. <laughs> I was thinking about the part of um, you know, supreme damage to couples that match these, producing generations of kids with latched keys. I'm thinking, oh, okay, I'm feeling you. It's like her daughter learned from mama how to reject men. Her son attracts women that don't respect men, and then one parental provider could be the plan. But no woman can truly teach a boy to be a man. Uh, That's why I'm always telling the, these many pals of mine, the most that you can spend on any child is time. And I'm like, oh, I'm trying to see the positives of what you said, but there's it's just colored with this like, and then, but this is what makes me feel even weirder. Right after I'm like dropped into this odd moment of like, I want to see what you're saying, but this bit of heteronormative structure there you know yes. what i'm saying yeah uh, it's it's but, got the fucking terry cruz shit written all over it the no women can teach men how to be a man well what does it mean to be a man terry cruz but before you can even register that it, it immediately just cuts to him saying look we don't have all the answers we're victims also to the same situations but <laughs> and it, yeah, it just i like kinda... that it kind of like tries to answer it away like <laughs> I mean, okay, okay, I know you might have issues with what we just said, but we're just Jurassic 5, we're just a rap group, at the end of the day, don't come to us for your fucking moral teachings, it's just a song, okay, 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 I'm just the messenger, guys, I didn't mean. Like, look, if you notice, if you feel like you gotta say that, then... <laughs> Just think twice, you know. But, it should just but, fucking stand on its own if you believe in it. But then, when I really think about it, like, you know, when you get into the, I feel, more analytical side of it, he, he says, we don't have all the answers. We're victims also to these same situations. Mm. And so, I kind of feel like that makes me think about that lyric in a new light, not in the sense of, he is right, because, I, like, I, I do not think that that is right, or, or at least it is something that can be contested at best. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? What what you're kind of seeing is just like, but I mean, if if we are to say that the pushing towards this idea of uh, normal quote unquote families can only be this way, and you know anything deviating from that is not right, and w when you even look inside what is considered normal, 
You know, it's not like, oh, because they did the family the normal way, everything's right with them. No, things are still messed up. Proving that it's not a, it's not just uh, puzzle pieces you put in place and then good family comes out. You know what I mean? It's about like, what, what are these people really about that's around them, right? So when I think about that, I think about it in the sense of like, you know, he gave like awkward advice, but because he was raised in an, uh, an environment that probably showed him as that, you know, we're living in a messed up world. And if we could just make these women stop having sex whenever they want to, you know, we could just bring things back. You know what I mean? It, it's not in the same sense of, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, who was the guy we reviewed a couple of weeks ago? The gay rapper. Um, Todd Recall. Uh, yes, Todd Recall, when he did Over the Rainbow. I mentioned uh. him being gay specifically because the song is about, like... You know, it's like, here's this beautiful place that you can go and all you have to do is change the person you love. That right. was written with the biting irony. This was kind of written with the more sort of like out of ignorance. You know what I mean? And so it's like, on one hand, it's just like, yeah, that's he's got it wrong. But it's just like, at least you could admit that like, look, you know what? I, I, I might not be right about that, but we're all just trying to do our best. So it's just kind of like, all right, you know, it's fine. You know what I mean? Like that was kind of the place that I was left with. So it was just like, like the rest of the album, I'm just kind of left in the middle where it's just like, I didn't, uh, I didn't mention it at the time, but in the, uh, straight out of Oz movie, mm. Todrick Hall's dad is played by Wayne Brady. <laughs> what? I, I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> Fucking Wayne Brady. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Wayne Brady getting him some work in <laughs> the new millennium. <laughs> Like, he's someone who, I guess I just didn't fucking watch Whose Line Is It Anyway, so I just didn't catch that wave. So, Wayne Brady just, literally the only way I know him is through Dave Chappelle. Like, I literally only know him through the punchline of uh, um, people like Brian Gumble because he makes Wayne Brady look like Malcolm X. The uh, the Paul Mooney uh, Negro Davis thing. That's literally mm. how I know him. And so it was just like, when I saw that, like, actually, he is on a TV show that lots of people like. I was like, wait, what? Oh, yeah, I forgot he's like a game show host now, isn't he? Oh, yeah, uh, probably on, like, the prices, right? Or something. No, that's Drew Carey still. Uh, wait, wait, is it? All, all these 90s safe comedians. Oh, no. I don't, right, I don't who's, know. Who's name did I just say... I just, I, I out loud, dude. They're so irrelevant. We've both forgot who we're talking about. I out loud <laughs> almost said, "Oh no, I don't know who hosts The Price Is Right." <laughs> oh no, I forgot. <laughs> it's still, it's still Drew Carey. Whoo. Okay, I thought so. And the host don't of, fucking scare me like that. The host of what you call it is still Steve Harvey, right? Uh, Family Feud, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. still hanging in there. Man, he's been at that shit a long-ass time. You think about that? I mean... Like, it, like Richard Dawson hosted it for, like, like the span in the, in the 70s. Then he got fucking Ray Combs in the 80s. Then Louis Anderson had it for, like, a little while. Yeah, I remember that. Then yeah, Richard me- Karn from Home Improvement. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe the, uh, you know, the, the urban radio show ain't cutting it ever since the, uh, alignment with, with Trump and the like. Oh, uh, the fucking, uh, the, uh, the apologist of, uh, spousal, uh, abuse that we covered <laughs> on the show. Also, there's a lot of shit. I'm really glad you're fucking 
uh, daytime talk show is getting canceled and being replaced by Kelly fucking Clarkson, by the way. What? I, I have no opinion. I literally have no... What? 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 You know, look. You know, I want to... I'm... I was thinking in my head that I was going to say, like, what makes Kelly Clarkson, you know, think that she should have a TV talk show? Har, har, har. But then I thought, like, I mean, I don't know. Who the fuck is Kelly Ripa before she had her talk show? Who the fuck was Regis Philbin before? Like, who were these people? What what makes you think Steve Harvey needs a daytime talk show? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know what? There is no meritocracy. No one deserves anything. (laughs) A a king of comedy... Doesn't necessarily have to be a fucking daytime talk show host, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that that I feel like a comedian is the best qualified for any type of mm. live show because the idea yeah. is that they're better with, you know, handling that and have more experience. So it's just like, what is Kelly Osborne gonna offer? Kelly so Osborne? Wait, who did you say? Kelly, Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Someone a little more relevant than Kelly fucking Osborne. What? She's gonna saying, come out and sing her one song, shut up, and then I'm go away saying, forever. If Bruno Mars had a TV show, I I didn't I wouldn't think he was doing so hot. This is in the seventies, no. you know, where people just get like you know what I mean? Unless you like Reba McIntyre, I guess. She, she I, really uh, was able to make that shit pop. I just found out something, by the way. I'm looking at the Family Feud uh, Wikipedia page. Um, after Richard Karn hosted from 2002 to 2010, John O'Hurley uh, was the host from 2006 to 2010, and Steve Harvey's been the host since 2010. Were you aware that Joey Fatone was the fucking voiceover guy for Family Feud from 2010 to 2015? I... I- I know that. <laughs> this is how long it's been since I watched the show. You know, ever since I've Holy become an adult shit. and didn't need to be at like an older person's house. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's just, like, I think the last time I've seen these game shows is like a waiting room. <laughs> right? Where it's like, I mean, let's look at the demographics for these shows. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll watch I'll watch Jeopardy every so often because Je- you know it's Jeopardy fun. is the one where the memes come from. You know, you still see you know, some stuff from there. There was the there was the beef with Mega Ran and, you know, the nerd core cast. Ah, you know, that was, yeah. That, that was hot, you know. But your ass is changing the channel so fucking fast when Wheel comes on. No one's sticking around for that. Yeah, I don't want to watch people slowly get rich. That's not fun. No, slowly get rich only to lose it at the fucking, at the hand of a spinning wheel. Who ah! cares? <laughs> Which honestly is just kind of sad when you think about it. It's like, look, oh. people are having real problems. It's <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> let's oh. jokingly have, <laughs> lose money. Oh no, I lost my half a car I earned. Oh. <laughs> uh, what'd you give this album, by the way? Uh, I gave it a three. Me too, I gave it a three. I hate that I ended up giving it more than the Studio Killers album, but that's where we landed. Yeah, like, I, I On I the Wheel out... of Fortune. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Wheel of Misfortune. Uh... uh you know, there's a quote in the swing set thing where it says, like, uh, where, where you hear, like, these great sounds should not be left to gather dust. You might dig out that old 78. I was just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If it was, I'm, I'm very ambivalent about this album. Like, th- there's a part. And I was just thinking, like, there's a part where there's, like, tap dancing. And it's just kind of like, all right, you're tap. 
literally tap dancing on the radio. Like, that, this is literally a joke that in the 1920s, yeah. it would be like, you don't tap dance on the radio, you idiot. You know what I mean? I'm literally listening yeah. to someone tap dance. That was so like, strange. Yeah, it was like, that's literally not what you're supposed to It just sounds weird because I can't see what's happening. But then they kind of had it switch over to the beatboxing. And it was done like mm. in a similar way where it was just like, God, but that was kind of interesting. But that was still odd. You know, so I, I, like, I really don't know what to fucking think about this album. I had a thought, and I don't know if this is going to be something we ever end up doing, but I just kind of wanted to run it by you because I think this might be a fun, uh, a fun concept. On my YouTube channel, there's a show I host uh, with uh, Molly and Dylan, Riff, uh, Riff Break, where we watch old commercials and we riff on them and stuff like that. I have some VHSs laying around the house, and one of the tapes I was trying to record commercials off of happened to have the, I want to say, 2001 MTV Video Music Awards. I think it would be fun if we were to watch back to old Video Music Awards and just relive that shit and talk about them. There are special moments. You know, mm-hmm. all throughout those years that happened where it's just like, oh, shit, like, fucking, oh, shit, and like, oh, man, that would be a dope-ass thing for the Kofi, yeah, let's let's get to work on that. Well, I know of at least the one I could, uh, I can capture the footage off of VHS and, like, email it to you in, in parts, because uh, it'd be a, it'd be pretty long, a uh, pretty big file. But, yeah, I wonder if MTV ever, I'm actually on eBay uh, right now. Uh oh, <laughs> it auto it auto finished. Um, if they sell VHSs of the award shows, I don't know if they ever did that. Uh oh, they totally did. Oh snap! Oh no! Oh no! There's a few of them. Oh shit! Oh shit! Okay, acceptable quality. VHS tape of the 1986 MTV mm. Video Music Awards. Uh, so that's one. It's uh, $28. <laughs> or the 2002 MTV Video Music Awards. Oh my god, dude. It's the fucking... This is the fucking copy of the show for the Academy. Like, for people to watch to then give it... To give the award show an award. Award shows get awards? Yeah, for like, uh, like, like Emmys, you know, like TV production. What does this crap even mean, man? What does it mean anymore? We're, we're, you were good at getting awards over the other people that were giving awards. I, I need to know, though, that this is like the whole show. Bef- before I actually... Yeah, Before yeah, of course. Like, oh, oh, yeah, make sure they didn't do any editing for... Dude, it would suck so much ass if you got it. They're like, we edited the songs because we couldn't get the copyright. But, like, oh, fucking see, Living Color God damn it. for the DVD. If, oh, yeah, if they fucking took the performances out, I'd be so fucking bummed. Um, I just found another copy of it, by the way, for $14. Uh, for $15 and uh, free shipping. So, who knows? Maybe, uh... I mean, it does say appearances by, performances by. Wow. Performances by Bruce Springsteen. Why would you lead with Bruce Springsteen? Ah! <laughs> I mean. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, the, they, they knew their audience who they were sending the tape to for the uh, audition. Oh, yeah. Uh, for, for the Academy. For your consideration, 
the guy you're probably listening to, and here are the guys that your kids are listening to. <laughs> you got uh, Eminem, Sheryl Crow, Justin Timberlake, Shakira, and Pink. Oh, and Guns N' Roses. Ew. <laughs> and appearances by David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar on the same stage again? Say MTV. it isn't so, MTV. Are the legends true? Man, I might actually need to buy that DVD. It's only $15. That that That's an investment for the show. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, actually, we, we got we to gotta start setting up the Kofi. And then, you know, once we start get, getting the getting the dough in from there, then we can start to invest the, uh, the, uh, the, the capital. If nothing else, this should be a tax write-off. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 DVD copy of the 2002 Video Music Awards. Write that off of my taxes. But that about wraps it up uh, for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Uh, big thanks to everyone who checked us out this week, especially if this is your first time listening. I uh, hope this experience uh, was favorable. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you'll come back again next week. If you enjoyed this show and you want to hear uh, the... Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still scrolling through eBay as I'm talking. Mm. Would would you believe me for the low low price? One hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. You can get your hands on the Howard Stern Fartman costume from 1992 MTV Video Music Awards. Ooh. <laughs> Fuck. Would fucking want that? Who is a Oh, please have photos of the. <laughs> it has the photos of the ass cheeks cut out. Yay! <laughs> Dude! Holy shit! Fartman costume owned and worn by the king of all media, Howard Stern. This Fartman costume was worn by Howard Stern at the 1992 Video Music Awards. Howard famously flew down to the stage from the rafters in this costume to present best metal and hard rock video to Metallica. Fartman was the title character in a movie that Stern planned on making but never did. Nevertheless, the MTV appearance <laughs> in this costume consistently ranks at or near the top of all-time outrageous TV moments. This costume, made of eight-piece ensemble, is the quintessential piece of Howard Stern memorabilia obtained directly from Howard Stern. Howard Stern's monument to his own failure. <laughs> Dude! The fart man costume. Oh my wow. god. Wow. Wait, so you mean to tell me this motherfucker thought, this motherfucker really thought he was gonna fucking get his piece of the comic book movie pie in the 90s. Oh. And, and man, he thought he was, get, he was getting his Kevin Smith on. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you knew fucking image comics were just wringing their hands thinking they had a new IP on their hands. Mmm, Artman. We're going to break into the mainstream with this one. Um, But yeah, we mentioned the Kofi. We we mentioned the Patreon. And if no other reason than to one day hopefully obtain the Howard Stern Fartman costume from 1992 MTV Music Awards Radio Metallica, as it's called on eBay. Help our Kofi get, uh, you know, attain such Olympian heights. 
if we can reach the $175,000 mark, which is, you know, that's the fucking end of the rainbow there. One of us might be able to, uh, you probably more than me, because it, he, Howard Stern is a tall, tall man. Mm. I would not fit this costume. Um, you know, for the irony, I would say you. Just to, <laughs> just to see the bagginess. <laughs> like it's not, fucking... It doesn't even show your ass, it just shows your legs. Like... <laughs> it would show the backs of my knees. <laughs> Uh, oh, I don't even remember where we were in the outro, but, um, <laughs> patreon.com slash rapcritic and patreon.com slash muse, uh, for the time being for, uh, for Patreon, uh, requests. What if you wish to be so adventurous? <laughs> yes, yeah, um, you might as well start checking out our Kofi though, see what's going on over there, uh, we'll make sure to mention it in weeks to come. Uh, make sure you're following us on, uh, following us on Twitter, make sure you subscribe to us on, uh, YouTube. Uh, so you can so you can stay on top of all the uh, going off podcast goings on. So uh, until next week for the going off podcast, I'm Muse and I'm Rap Critic, and don't get an ass beaten siphoned out of you, and go with the Lord. <laughs>